Welcome back to our teaching in the book of Exodus. Now, the last time we stopped, it was in chapter 35, I believe, but, but that, that was in preparation for the construction of the tabernacle. Now, however, in chapters 36 through 38, we have the construction of the tabernacle as well as all of the different articles that were uh, God commanded to put into the tabernacle. And then in chapter 39, we have the construction for the garments of the priest, that is for the high priest, which would be Aaron, and for the priest, which would be Aaron's son. So what we're going to do in this video, I don't want to bore you to death. So we're going to skip over chapters 36 through 39, as I just said, because it's all about how the tabernacle was constructed and how it was actually, uh, all the articles were actually made, the people that made them and things of that nature. And then the priestly garments in chapter 39. We don't wanna bore you with all of that. It's really just tedious reading and how all of these things were made. Nevertheless, it would be very instructive if you were to try to recreate the tabernacle yourself or if Israel was in need of rebuilding it, which we know that they actually made the temple, the first and the second temple on the basis for the foundational construction of the tabernacle for how it was actually put together. Okay, but we're skipping all of those chapters and we're going to get to chapter 40 and thereby conclude the book of Exodus, all right, with the uh, erection of the tabernacle. All right, so now let's start. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, on the first day of the first month, you shall set up the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. You shall place the ark of the testimony there and you shall screen the ark with the veil. You shall bring in the table and I tell you what, as we work through the text, I'll just kind of come and I do a little commentary on the text, but again, it's just highly instructive language for how the tabernacle is to be set up because that's what we're doing in chapter 40. Now that everything is being, has been built, we're just basically the instructions from God setting up the tabernacle. So what is interesting to see that it is in the first of the month. Notice that it was the first of the month that God led the children of Israel at Exodus chapter 12 from the land of Egypt. So we see it is precisely a year later that the tabernacle is, has been built and will be set up a year later. Okay. And that's interesting. So he goes on to talk about the Ark of the Testimony. You remember the Ark of the Testimony was the most holiest of the articles. Remember it had this chest, which had certain things within the test, within the chest, like the tablets, that God had given unto Moses, as well as the uh, uh, showbread, which was, I'm sorry, not the showbread, but Aaron's rod that budded, as well as manna that would be preserved. These things would be later on added and placed into, into the ark itself. But it was the holiest of one, and you had the mercy seat over it with the cherubim, okay? And I'll show you pictures of these different things as we move through the text. And so he's telling him to set the ark of the testimony, that most holy thing, uh, and you shall screen the ark with the veil. And this is in what is called the most holy place. 
You shall bring in the table and arrange what belongs on it. And you shall bring in the lampstand and mount its lamp. And remember we had what? We had the table of showbread that will, and this is in the holy place. And remember we had the table of showbread. We also had the candelabra, that is the lampstand. And also you had the burnt, uh, the altar of burnt incense that was directly before the veil before the most holy place. Then he continues to say, moreover, you shall set the gold altar of incense. That's what I was just talking about before the ark of the testimony and set up the veil for the doorway to the tabernacle. And so now he's basically, um, concluding, he is concluding the holy place sometimes called the tabernacle. Okay. Because now he's not talking about the total structure of the tabernacle, but the particular place that was covered that we refer to as the holy place. So he's basically, uh, enumerated all of the particular articles that would be inside of that. That is what the, uh, the most holiest of articles, that is the ark itself, as well as the table of showbread, the candelabra, and the altar of burnt incense that is to be directly before the ark separated by a curtain. And then he continues on verse number six, you shall set the altar of burnt offering in front of the doorway of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. And this we remember as this is where they would do the sacrifice where you would bring the, the goats and the lambs or even the birds we'll find out in the book of Leviticus. And there the blood would be shed and certain parts of the carcass or maybe even all of the carcass after it's been skinned would be placed upon this and the sacrifice would be made. And this would be placed at the door. This is what we call the outer court. This would be in the outer court. And this is when you first enter into those curtains, the first doorway, the first article that you would see would be the altar of burnt offering. And this will be set at the doorway. Seven, you shall set the labor between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it. Remember the labor was where the priests would wash before they would enter into the tent of meeting. Remember the tent of meeting is also called the holy place. Okay. So between the altar of burnt offering after the sacrifice and things of that nature would be made, there would be the labor that would be set where the priests would be required to wash before they entered into the holy place or the tent of meeting. You shall set up the court all around and hang up the veil for the gateway of the court. And so here is talking about those curtains that would surround the entire tabernacle structure as a whole. So all of these curtains were to be set up to surround the tabernacle. Then you shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it and shall consecrate it and all is furnishing and it shall be holy. And so finally, God commands Moses to anoint all of the articles and everything within the tabernacle, inclusive of the tabernacle itself, in order to consecrate this to the Lord. That is, the tabernacle will be in service to God himself, and therefore the tabernacle should be set as holy unto the Lord. You shall anoint the altar of burnt offering and all its utensils, 
Consecrate the altar. The altar shall be most holy. You shall anoint the labor and this stand and consecrate it. Okay, so then as we come into verses 10 and 11, this is just simply the anointing of everything as we've already said. All of the articles in the tabernacle, the tabernacle itself. Verse 12, then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the doorway of the tent of meeting and wash them with water. That is, prepare. this is the cleansing, the cleanliness. This pertains to holiness. It does what? It pertains to holiness. But the idea of setting something aside to be holy is the anointing of that something with oil, okay? But anyway, this is basically the preparation for Aaron and his sons in their washing. You shall put the holy garments on Aaron and anoint him and consecrate him that he may minister as a priest to me. These holy garments, as we've already talked about, are the garments that were specifically designed for the high priest. Remember the mitre, the breastplate, the, tu the tunic and uh, the blue and all of this type of thing. The, the fancy dressing of Aaron that would immediately identify him as high priest. So Aaron is now being dressed as the high priest in preparation for his service. You shall bring his sons and put tunics on them and you shall anoint them even as you have anointed their father, that they may minister as priests to me, and their anointing will qualify them for a perpetual priesthood throughout their generations. Thus Moses did according to all that the Lord had commanded him, so he did. And the final commandment is, as, as Aaron was dressed in his priestly garb, so also his sons would be dressed in their priestly garbs. But remember, they had tunics. They had tunics of priests. They did not look like the high priest, as you see here. Okay, and they were all, both Aaron and his sons, anointed with oil, consecrated and set apart as holy to God for their service to God. And Moses did all that God had commanded him to do. Now, in the first month of the second year, on the first day of the month, the tabernacle was erected. And this is the primary idea of chapter 40. Now that in chapters 36 through 39, everything was made and fabricated for the tabernacle, inclusive of Aaron's garment and well, as well as his sons, now we have the actual erection, which is the primary purpose that we see in chapter 40. And what? Moses erected the tabernacle. He laid his sockets and set up his boards, inserted his bars, erected his pillars. Now, these are the things that were involved. We've already talked about that in previous chapters that are involved in the construction for the outer curtains, the curtains that would be around the tabernacle, the curtains that would be around the tent of meeting or the holy place. He spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering of the tent on top of it, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. And this is the covering that goes on top of the tent of meeting or the holy place. Remember, 
in the tabernacle construction itself, the tent of meeting was the most holy place. And, and, and in it, it was the only thing that was completely devoid of outside lighting. And so therefore he talks about the covering over the top of the tent of meeting. But in the outer court, remember, where you had the uh, altar of burnt offering as well as the laver, you had the artificial light of the sun. There was no covering for this. Uh, then I'm in verse number 19. He spread the tent over the tabernacle, put the covering of the tent on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 20. Then he took the, the testimony and put in it the ark and attached the poles to the ark and put the mercy seat on top of the ark. And that testimony that he's talking about basically is those things that God had written with his own hand. We know that the, the, the 10 commandments or the 10 words that God had written. And then on those tablets that he had written on both the front and the back side, he put those tablets into the chest of the ark. Remember the ark of the testimony, the most holiest of things. And then he placed that golden mercy seat on top of this. Remember the golden mercy seat also had those angels, those two cherubims facing one another. And so he now prepares the ark of the testimony. And he brought the ark into the tabernacle, that is into the most holy place and set up a veil for the screen. That is, he set that little doorway in front of the ark of the testimony and that doorway separated the ark of the testimony, which was the most holy place from the holy place. And remember on the other side of that screen would be the altar of burnt incense. Okay. Uh, he attached the poles to the ark and put the mercy seat on the top of the ark. He brought the ark into the tabernacle. He set up the veil for the screen. I reread that and screened off the ark of the testimony, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Then he put the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle outside of the veil. He, uh, he set the arrangement of the bread in order on it before the Lord, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. And this is the table of showbread. Remember the table of showbread would have these 12 loaves of bread. I, I think it was two rows of six loaves of bread that he would have. And Moses set up the table of show of showbread or sometimes called the bread of the presence. And this would be found in the holy place. Okay. Which is in the tent of meeting. He said, uh, he placed the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table on the south side of the table. And, and then he, and this is the candelabra. So opposite of the table of the bread of presence would be the candelabra. Remember the candle, we call it sometimes the candlestick. And it was this particular item that gave light in the tent of meeting. Only the candelabra lit. That's the only light source that you had inside of the tent of meeting. Now, the light source that would be given in the most holy place in the tent of meeting would be literally would become actually the Shekinah glory of God. But here he says talking about the setting up of the lampstand. Remember that the priest would have to attend to the lampstands daily. 
keep the, keep the lamps burning. He placed 26. Then he placed the gold altar in the tent of meeting in front of the veil and he burned fragrant incense on it just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Now this is the altar of burnt incense. And this is that item that I was telling you that was in front of the most sacred article, the Ark of the Testimony, which basically represented the glory of God, God's presence, the most holy presence of God. So the altar of burnt incense was placed in front of that. And remember that it was separated by this curtain, separating what? The most holy from the holy place and the burnt altar burnt incense would be a place where Aaron's sons would minister that they would put uh, fragrant incense upon it and burn it so that the smoke would rise up before Ark of the Testimony, before God is symbolizing the prayers of the saints continuously going up before God as well as God receiving these prayers. Okay. Uh, then he placed the golden ar ar gold altar in the tent of meeting in front of the veil. Burn okay, I did that. Verse 28. Then he set up the veil for the doorway of the tabernacle. He set up the, okay, the, the doorway of the tabernacle. And that is the doorway to separate the, the tent of meeting had a doorway to the which only the priest would enter. Okay. This doorway that set up, that set uh, uh, the distinction from the outer court. So in order to get into the holy place, you had to enter into a door, a curtain. And this is that doorway that Moses set up, which allowed the priest to enter into the tent of meeting from the outer court of the tabernacle structure. He set up the altar of burnt offering before the doorway of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting and offered on it the burnt offering and the meal offering, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. And this is the setting up of the altar of burnt offering. And we already talked about this. This is the first thing that you see when you enter the tabernacle structure as a whole. It is the altar of burnt offering. Remember these things with the four horns, the horns on each corner of it to the which sacrifices would be made. He placed the labor between the tent of meeting and the altar and put water in it for washing. From it, Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet when they entered the tent of meeting. And when they approached the altar, they washed just as the Lord had commanded Moses. And so it simply said, this is the altar of la the labor that Moses built where there was water be placed, where the priests would wash before they would begin, before they would approach the altar of burnt offering and before they entered into the tent of meeting. Remember the tent of meeting is called what? The holy place, okay? And so they would be required to wash before they engaged in uh, entrance or service uh, before the altar of burnt offering. 33, he erected the court all around the tabernacle. That is, that is the tabernacle, the holy place. He erected that and the altar that is around the outer court 
and hung up the veil for the gateway of the court. That is the gateway for the court to enter into the outer court. Remember, there is a doorway. When you approach the tabernacle construction itself, there is a doorway. So there are three doors, three doorways with the whole tabernacle construction. There is the doorway to enter from the front to from outside to come into the tabernacle. Okay. And this is the outer doorway to the tabernacle construction itself. Then there is another doorway as we proceed further into the tent of meeting. So in order to get to the holy place, also called again, the tent of meeting, there is another doorway. And now once you are inside the tent of meeting, there is still another doorway that goes into the most holy place to the which only the high priest himself is allowed into the most holy place and only one time of year. And this is the third place that leads into the most holy place where you find the Ark of the Covenant. You enter directly into the presence of the Lord. So we see that there are three doorways and all of these three doorways make for a procession as you enter closer and closer into the presence of the Lord. And each, and each of these doorways have a, a, a sense of holiness. It goes from coming in, dealing with sin, holy. Then it deals going to the tent of meeting, holier. And then it goes to the, where the Ark of the uh, Covenant is, most holy. So there is a progression of holiness that we see in the tabernacle construction as we move from one door to another. But anyway, so it says what? He hung up the veil for the gateway of the court and thus Moses finished the work. And so the end of it is, thus the tabernacle structure and all of his articles have been completed and set up and the priests themselves have been dressed in their garb and everything is ready for service and worship unto God. Okay. And so now what we have is the tabernacle construction, the word of God that most that God spoke to Moses, build me a house so that I might dwell with the people of Israel so that I might dwell with them. This has now been fulfilled. And now God has a dwelling place for with the people of Israel. And so it's a beautiful thing too. We see this same idea being expressed in John chapter one that spoke of Jesus in bodily form, that Jesus is the tabernacle of God, the dwelling of God with men. He indeed is Emmanuel, that is God with us. So Jesus is the expressed uh, 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 dwelling of God in bodily form with the people of Israel fulfilled in the New Testament. And what we see is this same thing being typified here in the construction of the tabernacle as God is present with his people God became 
present with his people. Notice what I just said. God became present with his people in the bodily expression of Jesus of Nazareth. And so here in Exodus chapter 40, God is now present with his people. Okay, enough of that. Now let's finish the chapter. 34. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And so now we see God showing approval and acceptance of this structure that has been consecrated to him by sending the cloud of glory on the tabernacle structure and the, the glory of God itself. This is the Shekinah glory of God filling the tent of meeting. That is the holy place, the holy place. Okay. And so God shows his acceptance of this structure where he himself will abide in glory by allowing the glory cloud to descend and the power of his presence to come into the tent of meeting in so much that Moses, who was accustomed, Moses, who himself was accustomed to a limited form of God's glory. Not even Moses could enter into the tabernacle. It, it pushed everything out of it where God alone was present in the tabernacle. Okay, now continuing and talking about the cloud of glory, the cloud of glory that we saw, I believe it was back in Exodus chapter 13, verse 36. Throughout all their journeys, whenever the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the sons of Israel would set out. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not set out until the day when it was taken up. For throughout all their journeys, the cloud of the Lord was on the tabernacle by day, and there was fire in it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel. Now, concerning the glory cloud, or you can almost call it the cloud of God's presence, what we see is this same cloud that filled the tabernacle, that filled the house, all right? Whenever the cloud would move and come off the house, then the children of Israel would prepare for their journeys once again. So they would be led by the cloud. And once again, when the cloud stood still and it would return back to the tabernacle, of course, there would be no end that the traveling would come to an end. So they would be guided in their travels by the cloud. The cloud would be over, uh, uh, over the tabernacle structure as long as they were to remain encamped. But when God was ready to, for them to move again, the cloud will come off the tabernacle structure and will begin to guide them, whether by day or by night, and if by night, as with fire, so that the cloud would be clearly visible at all times, a cloud of fire by night. So this I stress to say that 
Sometimes we hear it says that Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, but that's not truly accurate because what? God by the cloud led them wherever they went. If it was Rephidim or in the wilderness of sin, wherever they went, they were led by the cloud, which meant that they were led by God. So therefore, if they were led to a place where they had no water or led to a place where they had no food, it was God who was leading them to that place. And it was Moses who said right before he died in the book of Deuteronomy, where he urged the children, the second generation, he urged the children of Israel to remember how God led them to these specific places where he led them to places where they may not have had food or water. Why? So that God would put them to the test so that God would use these things as teaching objects so that they would begin to know what? That you do not live by bread, by substance, but by what? Every word of God. You live by depending on God to meet your needs. And so God was giving them these tests so that they would learn to depend on God. So the point is, because I won't start preaching on this. The point is, this cloud that led them teaches us that their wanderings was not so much as wanderings, but guidance by God and God's teaching them through the period of 40 years, teaching and testing them. And clearly, of course, we know they failed the test and only the second generation would go. Okay. Well, this completes the uh, book of Exodus. And what do we see? In the very beginning, we see slavery and God preparing to lead a people who were in bondage in slavery for 430 years by raising up a man from the family of Amram and Yoshebed by the name of Moses. And through Moses, God delivered the children of Israel with a mighty hand from captivity to Egypt and brought them forward to, to the mountain of God. And there he brought them into a covenant relationship with him, creating the first and only theocracy. And as Israel was a covenant people of God, God thereby set his tabernacle to dwell amongst them. So what do we see? We see God deliverance. So that's the very essence and theme of Exodus, deliverance, deliverance. But we also see what? The glory of God in setting his presence with his people. All right. All right, guys, thanks for joining me with that in the all of the book of Exodus. So we have finally finished. And if you have enjoyed this series of teaching, give a like always to these videos as well as support the ministry. And we remember that there is a link in the description to show how you can support the ministry. But anyway, we thank God for his allowing us to finish and complete the book of Exodus. See you next time.